Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai. It's me, Bish. Today I am with Will once again. Uh, say hello, Will. Hello, Will. Hello, Will. And today we're going to be talking about my love story. But before we get onto that, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer that classic Kunai disclaimer before. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. This is your love story? Yeah, it's my love story. Your love story. It's my love story. Yes, it's my love story. (laughs) Literally, it's my love story. We'll get into it in a little bit because I do relate to a lot of the characters in the show. So kind of, it is a little bit my love story. But the name of the anime in Japanese is Ore Monogatari, if I'm not mistaken, which is the name. So yeah, before we get into it, for you new folks, Get Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get A Life group. Due to the nature of discussion, we can't avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed. For those shows that are based off existing pieces of work, whether it's manga, light novel, or some other media form, we're not going to be covering the source material for those. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch on Kunai, then leave us a suggestion on our Discord, getlifepodcast.com forward slash Discord. Big thanks to our sponsors, Japan Crate and Crunchyroll, and also big thanks to our subscribers. My Love Story, aka Ore Monogatari, is an anime television series produced by Madhouse. I did not know this when I watched this show that it's basically the same people that made um a card capture sakura i believe one punch man i can't remember what other stuff overlord overlord yes it was released in the same year as overlord as well which yeah. is kind of yeah crazy. i i did the same thing like we when we watched it i went back and double checked who made the show and i was like what this is madhouse it was surprising it genuinely like obviously they made kaiji as well and a, a bunch of other awesome anime i just did not even notice and i didn't think that they'd be able to do a show like this do you know what i mean because it seems it doesn't seem like they're regular stuff no not at all but uh but then again it's like it madhouse is one of those studios i always say yeah i like them but half the time i don't even remember half their catalog but it's huge their catalog is huge i'm looking at it now like claymore yeah yeah i know it's giant i that's what i always have to look it up like when people bring up things about madhouse i'm like i'm trying to remember what else did they do that i really liked that i found i'm like oh yeah this show it's insane man i look but going back onto it, I don't know really where to begin. This was a show that I was watching while I was actually simulcasting in 2015 in the spring season. We had some great shows this year. I mean, like Overlord, obviously I didn't watch Overlord in that season of anime, but it was a bit odd because unfortunately I had to drop my love story because we were testing out our simulcast specials on Kunai with Danmachi. So because Danmachi was airing at the same time and we were testing out simulcast specials and then we, I think that was Joe's first episode. So so we had to figure out what would be how we would integrate Joe into Kunai. So there was a lot going on on Kunai. So I was just like, shit, I'm just, I really want to continue this show, but I can't. So I, I had to drop it because of that. And we arranged the, the recording for Danmachi as soon as the final episode aired. So we were pretty much like, we didn't plan the whole Simulcast special thing at the time because we were just testing it out. And it was just really an intense time for us. So I didn't get the opportunity to really finish my love story or really kind of get started into it either. And I mentioned it with Joe, we had to show him the ropes. So there was a few other shows I wanted to watch that season as well. Like I had to take a backseat on like Nisei Koi season two, Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches, that kind of stuff. But luckily- Love Yamada. That's another thing, I love Yamada. And it's a good thing that we watched 
for Kunai. The thing is, I haven't seen Nisei Koi season 2 yet, but we're not really going to get into that. But after I dropped my love story, I tried getting back into it. But you know what, Will? I felt as though I lost the magic the first time. I just felt I lost it. I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's a bit odd because this was around 2015 was around the time where it was still early days for Kunai because I think we started maybe a year, maybe a year and a half before. Uh, or actually... No, we started Kunai in 2013. So it was it's basically almost two years that Kunai was running and we were still quite new to anime and I was still kind of in that sort of box in which, oh, I, I'm only going to watch romance anime in my free time. Do you see what I mean? So for me, I, I kind of like watching romance anime simulcasted as they come because it kind of keeps the, the sort of intensity there, if that makes sense, especially if there is cliffhangers and whatnot. It makes me genuinely excited. But then I tried rewatching it, maybe I think after we kind of settled down a little bit on kunai i started re-watching it and i was just like oh you know what i couldn't i couldn't do it it was just so weird because normally i prefer watching anime in general binging it but on some level i love this anime so much i wanted to kind of wanted to have more time to appreciate and cherish each episode and i feel i was able to do yeah, that you wanted to absorb it yeah that's it i get it i was like it's also really difficult to start a series and like get part the way through stop and try to come back you're like no 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 this i'm not doing this justice let me just start it all all over again yeah and that's what i did and the thing is the funny thing is right i kept dropping the show i every time i tried i just kept dropping the show and it was usually after episode two when takeo was holding the iron beam slash gerda to prevent yamato from being crushed yeah and it's it's so weird because it was like usually for me there's so much emotion in that one episode that i just needed to take a break it's it's weird because i need to take a break to process and calm down my emotions so when the simulcast was happening it helped me you know waiting a week for the episode for the next episode if that makes sense it helped me a lot and to be honest with uh, you i get it the reason why I even watched it again for Kunai was I just feel like I had to finish this show. I just felt like that. I was like, you know, what? I have to finish the show and I actually have to end that sort of chapter. Does that make sense? So then I can move on. I'm not saying the show is bad. It's just because I've had so many experiences with dropping the show. I think I've dropped the show like five times, always at the same time. Wow. I try it every year. Literally, I try every year to rewatch it. I'm never able to. Well, you know what, bitch? That makes me super happy that we were able to watch it get through it for you and able to do this now. it was a you know what it was a struggle because i got to episode two and i'm like oh my god is this, oh, is this no. time for me to leave is it time for me to leave i started panicking <sighs> i started panicking because of it but you know you're 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 not given a good early you know expression of no the, not uh, not that the, the show, show is bad it's just because there's so much emotion going on through the second episode i just i needed to take a break it's not a bad thing i'm not saying the show is bad it's just because the, the amount of emotion and with these romantic anime you need to really be pre mentally prepared for it and i wasn't necessarily like that oddly enough though it was my twin sister who um, is the co-host of umai she actually started getting into anime a few years back and she she actually recommended this anime to me which was weird because i watched i was watching this anime simulcasted and then she didn't know that so she was like oh bitch you need to watch uh, my love story if i if i remember correctly she saw an advert for it on instagram from the crunchyroll page and i was just like dude i've already like seen like partly seen this anime why are you suggesting like it 12 me? times yeah like basically yeah basically i've been trying to watch this anime so many times <laughs> and you're suggesting it to me as if it's something new but i just couldn't get past that episode like just because of the emotion
emotions. So I think with this show, it's something that you really need to take your time watching as well. And even for the Kunai rewatch, when I suggested it, I didn't remember that this anime was like 24 episodes. I always assumed it was like a 12 episode anime. I remembered like when I started watching it and I got, I want to say like maybe four or five episodes in and I was like, man, I wonder how many episodes the show is. And I looked up and it's like, you know, 24 episodes and I messaged you and I'm like, bitch, did you know this show is 24 episodes? It was insane. We agreed like, oh, we're going to record the next week. We're just insane. It's like, how is that even possible? How did you kind of get started with the show? Was it like Kunai that got you into it or? I actually had a friend who was watching it when it aired and like, you know, I was going through a phase where I was just, I was watching like every freaking anime I could like watching like 24, 25 five shows a season i can't do that anymore now but uh i tried to watch it while it was airing you know the whole simulcast thing i don't remember what episode it was i want to say it was like four or five maybe where i was like you know what i'm gonna skip it this week i'll catch up later and then i'll just i just never caught up and it wasn't because i didn't like the show it was just i was just watching way too much stuff and you know me like i love rom-coms yeah. and especially if they're like really sweet like this one is uh but just something at that time i don't remember what all was airing at the same time other than like Dan was, it, was it overlord or Dan uh, and overlord Maybe. as well yeah so i was kind of in that like you know kind of fantasy action mindset at the time and like this is just so apart from that maybe i don't know what it was but it was like you and then um i tried watching it another time like at the end of the season like sometimes like if there's a show i know that i would like <clears throat> but i just can't focus on it i'll wait till the end of the season and then like binge it between seasons okay. and i tried doing that and then like i got part the way through it again and then i'm like i'm gonna take a break and then just didn't go back to it so i was when you suggested it for this i'm like let's do this i'm finally gonna watch this too so it's a very similar story to you that being said after our sort of first impressions of the show and like how we kind of got into it i'm quite interested to know what are your favorite episodes and moments because for me i would be honest with you it's very very difficult just because of the amount of episodes that there are it's very difficult to select a favorite episode because they're all so enjoyable like i don't know there's just so many episodes that I really enjoy because of their comedic moments and you know sometimes you get the really sweet character development between the characters and whatnot but I will mention a few one of them is episode two where Yamato texts Takeo and Takeo is too dense to realize that a girl is flirting with him and honestly that's kind of happened to me a few times when I was a, a young lad so I kind of related to that a little bit but episode two was a highlight the superhuman strength Takeo exhibited to kind of save the girl he had a crush on only to find out she was walking away with Suna and I don't know and as it was weird because he was kind of like closing his eyes and he was close to death effectively he was about to be, he was about to be crushed <laughs> and the emotions during that monologue his facial expressions the music as well the tears that were streaming down his face it sort of heightened that sense of dread Do you know what I mean yeah like, well it kind of also reflects on his character though too like just what a good person he is because he's sitting there he's like even if I like someone if my friend is happy with that person then I'm happy too mm. and the thing that's also a testament to his character it's the fact that he's willing to die to save his friend 
friend and you know he's assuming that obviously Yamato would make Suna happy because he's assuming that you know Yamato likes Suna and you know he wants him to find a good girl and whatnot so he's doing that for him and that's just it kind it made me cry I was just like of course you know that Takeo is going to live because he is part of the main cast there is no show without Takeo-kun but you feel for him and you learn about his insecurities you know when he said this is one thing that kind of struck me in the episode I can't be the knight in shining armor but that's okay at least she'll be okay and that got me. but also thinking thinking about you know him and Suna what a bromance yeah no they say it, they say it in the show the friendship between them is insane and it's clear that he cares about others more than himself and I noticed that within the episode that's one that's why it's one of my favorite episodes because you get so much character development early on which is very rare in anime I think this anime has got got off to a really quick start especially for romance anime and stuff like that you know especially in these high school rom-coms it takes a while you know flirting between the characters over like five episodes before they start dating and that kind of stuff I mean you do kind of get that build up but it's like three episodes and then they're dating or whatnot it's the line that Takeo-kun said and that's all that matters before the fade to black and you're like shit is he dying did he pass out and then the rest of the characters come and they help him and it was just so cool it was just like such an abrupt ending to Takeo's monologue but the line itself struck a chord it's Takeo regretting his decisions maybe in his life maybe when he felt his days were numbered and he he kind of lost faith in the idea of being the courteous gentleman seeing that kind of led him to this point do you see what i mean i kind of felt that in a way and he kind of had the feelings like well it's par for the course he's like you know maybe i'm you know was never able to find my own true happiness he's yeah like, you know, it's it's like he's, yeah. he's it's as if he's giving up like takio at this point mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. after all this time and after this episode we kind of learn more about his core values and stuff like that but at the same time like i mentioned we learn that he is insecure about certain things right because he's been rejected before by a lot of girls he's noticed that all the girls he likes they don't like him but they love Suna so maybe he could be feeling a little bit insecure about that and I kind of I felt that that episode really struck a chord with me genuinely because it was just like shit man it, it, it was just you saw a different level of him you saw him doubting and him having emotion and that felt like it was a great foundation to build his character from and we also see him be triumphant we see him regain his strength when Yamato comes to help whilst she's struggling and it makes me think that Takeo was strong enough to begin with but he was just looking for an excuse to fail possibly because all the girls like I mentioned all the girls he liked never liked him instead they were after Suna and he had just given up and he lost all hope and he lost all confidence in himself and his abilities as well and I'm gonna get into this a little bit later when we talk about characters but honestly I relate to him so much especially when he had given up because I feel as though when it comes to meeting new people because of all of those horrible and humiliating experiences I myself am reluctant to try anymore you know I'm giving up and I'm letting that steel beam fall without seeing the outcome or seeing who's willing to help right and that's what it, it struck a chord with me 100% like it's kind of funny how like you know as, as anime fans we always talk about like the whole three episode rule because it always seems like when that's like the third episode is when the show either jumps sharp or really makes us swerve into what the series is really going to be about but as we keep talking here it's like you know with this show it's really episode two Mm, yeah definitely because obviously the first episode is there to introduce the characters 
and to introduce the idea that you know Takeo is getting rejected by all these girls and he's just he's loved by all the guys in his school because he's like the muscly senpai the one that's there you know winning those wrestling events and things like that for the school and like you know it, he pretty much carries his team during you know Undo Pai or sports day yeah and it's it's like he has so much respect from his male uh, colleagues and friends and he has he has no issue making friends as well that's something to note he, he ends up having like I said like a bromance with like half the boys in school yeah definitely because they respect him so much so it's not like an issue that he doesn't have self-confidence or self-respect but I think it's when it comes to women he finds the difficulty there just because he has such a hot friend you know what I mean like like I said I kind of relate to, to Takeo at least from that episode in general there are some other episodes that I find very notable as well and oddly enough it was the next episode after that episode three the episode titled the blue ogre or my blue ogre and we see straight from this which is a very famous story that's what i was gonna mention we see straight from the start that takayo is bigging up suna to yamato right because he he thinks that she likes him and he's okay with you know bottling his true feelings because he wants his friend Suna to be more happy than himself even if it means he can't be happy right and it makes a lot of sense why the blue and red ogre story was told initially when watching the show I thought oh the story was about Suna's sacrifice to make Takio happy uh, you know with the whole thing about rejecting the women that liked him because I think Suna mentioned that why would I go out with with girls that don't like my best friend you know what I mean so I thought that was possibly the case there. But in reality, for me, what I felt was the true story behind the Red Ogre and the Blue Ogre is actually Takeo sacrificing to make Suna happy, right? My understanding behind it was that he was sort of refusing to be true to himself and his true feelings, instead choosing to hype Suna up to Yamato. And it's clear that they both play the role of the Blue Ogre in the sense that they're making that sacrifice for each other as friends, right? And to be honest, if I would say I have a, a favorite episode, this would be the one just for that story alone. And as you mentioned, it's an actual Japanese folklore, a folktale, sorry. And it's been mentioned in so many other anime, like ReZero, they mentioned it there. But this was the first time I heard it in I my mean, life. Rem and Ram. Yeah, Rem, exactly. They're both Oni. But the thing is, right, this was the first time I heard it and it touched my heart because it's a story of real friendship. Every time I listen to it and every time I see the story and the music that plays and Takeo sort of um, narrating it it makes me cry because there is so much emotion in that story right the fact that the ogre never returned right the other was it the red ogre or something was it the blue the red ogre, the red yeah. ogre never returned right he just he just fucked off but because he wanted his friend to be happy with the human he made that sacrifice for his friend it makes me cry like genuinely i know it sounds a bit silly but it fills me with a lot of emotion there's a lot of things to unpack within that i took like at least some kind of notes or you know ideas from uh 17 of the 24 episodes so like you were saying it's like it's really hard to discern an absolute favorite episode and you, you know I me mean, i'm a, a very strong like character person you know like i i get into shows because of characters and because of story now like i think with this show it definitely was more so the characters and it was the story i mean the story is still good and sweet and all that type of stuff but it, the, the characters i thought were really strong even you know some of his friends and side characters ones that weren't you know even in the show very much i still really enjoyed so you know episode two i loved to even when when she even like jumped in you know 
to, to hold the beam up and she's like I'm strong too you know and she's just giving it all her might kind of a thing so it's kind of funny how we keep talking about how like Takio kind of just inspires people just from being who he is and, and his presence and like you said in the whole miscommunication with the phone and texting and all that stuff where she even had to tell him she's like can we meet but like just the two of us this time because he kept thinking it was all about Suna and he's like wait you, you want to just me the funny thing is even when he got that message and he was like oh the reason why that she wants to meet with me alone is because she probably wants advice about how to deal with advice yeah and and that killed me that genuine that killed me i was like you're a fucking idiot takeo but i love you it was quite hilarious it's like the guy the very next episode episode three when the, the, the he's at the park and yamato crying takeo like um, cracked a stone was it mm, i think so you know because he's worried about like not being cool and suna is like oh you're cool too and then like but then girls are like all talking behind their back and that's why suna never ends up liking the girls that you know reject takio because he's like if you don't like takio then i don't like you like takio's like this nice guy and they're like oh you're really nice and sweet and all this stuff he's like but what about suna you know and then he tries to help him out but then like suna like even though you don't really think about it because he's so quiet and unassuming and kind of a bookworm even though he's like a hot pretty boy he kind of notices everything going on around him like you know he obviously picks up on Rinko liking Takio from the get-go and like he notices these girls like they say Takio is a nice guy but then talk all kinds of crap about him behind his back and he's like yeah I don't like you go away he's incredibly perceptive and he's incredibly intelligent as well like he's picking up on things yes. before any other character even before you know Yamato is picking it up he's picking up these these sort of signals straight away and I think possibly that's um, a testament to his friendship with Takeo because obviously they've been friends for a while and I imagine possibly it's because they grew up together as children and na- being neighbors and whatnot and made neighbors but he mentions in the show that you know it's not just the fact that we're neighbors or whatnot he truly actually cares about Takeo it's kind of going off on a little little side thing here too about him being you know intelligent perceptive and studious and all this kind of stuff you know even though he is a quote-unquote pretty boy it's like you know it's even brought up in the show like you know why why haven't you had a girlfriend you know why aren't you you know with anybody you know why are you single you know things like that it's kind of touched on here and there throughout this episode everything but it's like one of those things where not only is it he doesn't like the girls that like him because of them you know dissing on Takio but he's just he's focused on his studies and just you know being chill and you know worrying about that kind of stuff later so I think it also is a good show that kind of shows people from different walks of life as well you know what I mean mm. which is true because you, you see other characters going on with their life for example you see Takeo's mom Takeo's dad they're quite old in that sense but also at the same time you see Takeo's little sister from this was it little sister or little brother I can't remember but Takeo's little um, little sister, little sister sister as well being born into this world but you also see Suna's um sister as well who's the college student yep dude she's hilarious dude I love her so much and like I love when like 
you know, the, the, the guy that ends up, like, you know, going after her and all that type of stuff in the way that she just treats him. Like, like when there was in the cafe and she's, like, dragging him out the door. Oh, my God. I, I died laughing. Like, I, it was another one of those episodes. I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. Not only did I pause it, I rewound it and watched it again so I could laugh even more. You know what I love when they, int- I can't remember when they actually introduced her, but when they introduced her and then she's talking about oh how is Takeo by the way like she's like not necessarily obsessed with Takeo but she was like she I'm guessing she was touched by Takeo because obviously Takeo gave her a compliment and then he was like oh uh Nechan right or oh, Nechan or whatever Fla- like you look like that flower yeah you like that flower yeah and he didn't know what the flower and at the time, was because and then because she's because well, at the time she was she was kind of uh I don't want to say she wasn't rough around the edges no no she was it. she wasn't a tomboy she but, was being bullied like, she was quite tall and and skin, skinny, yeah. right? So yeah, you know, people. I think people compared it to like a statue or something, and and then right. you know to be com- and she thought that Takio was just gonna make fun of her, and he was like, oh no, you just look like that flower, and it's like what? It was like a, a lily or an orchid or something like that. And I I'd imagine for can't remember how she how old she was. I'm guessing she was like what junior high or something at that time, or mm-hmm. um for a woman for a young woman to get a compliment like that, especially being somewhat bullied right that must have done wonders for her self-esteem so i'd i'd imagine See, kids nice guys can do good things well i mean i don't think takio <laughs> was doing it like to fl- takio was a kid i don't think he was doing it no not at all but not at all he was just doing it because just who he, he is exactly that's his nature and he noticed oh she looks nice she looks pretty i'm gonna give her a compliment but obviously he doesn't necessarily understand what those words meant to her even for her to remember it all those years later it must have made a huge impact on her and she still kind of had a crush on uh, you know on takio and she was trying to shake down yamato and stuff like that which i thought was quite was quite funny in that sense so obviously trying to find out more about yamato and seeing if she's worthy for for, for takio it was quite interesting yeah, just that that whole little dynamic between their their two little apartments and families that i thought was you know really interesting because like when i was growing up as a, as a kid it was a very close-knit kind of community like it was you know uh you know our house and then like four other houses like i don't want to say around the block like somewhere like right across the street somewhere on the other side of the alley behind our house where you know all of us you know boys just hung out you know all the time until we got into like junior high school and kind of went our own way and stuff like that but it just kind of reminds me of that whole little dynamic of growing up with your friends around you and just you know experience in life because i'll be real with you i never had that experience just because my neighbors like their kids aren't my age right so i never really had that growing up but i kind of in a way maybe had that like with my cousins and stuff but it was still nice and refreshing to see that in japan that that existed i didn't know necessarily that that happened in japan if that makes sense oh absolutely no like Com- completely so i mean it, it's funny uh just as you know from for my example is um like I, I i leave school well after the students do like the students are usually gone about maybe an hour and 20 minutes hour and a half before i leave school but on my way home like you know i don't i don't drive a car i ride a bike to and from all my schools and i ride through the neighborhoods where these kids live and i'm always seeing them out you know playing with each other hanging out at each other's houses and stuff like that and, you know if they see me they'll always come out and talk to me for a little bit as i'm riding by so you know it's like they they really do it is a, a thing here 
here in, in, in Japan, which I, you know, I'm really happy to see because I think in America we've kind of lost that a bit. Like most Americans, you know, do have that small group of friends, but it's like it's not like it used to be back when I grew up. And I don't know if it's just because of the digital age we're living in or what, but it's definitely not the same. I don't know if it was ever like this where I live. I, I presume probably in more rural areas in the UK, it kind of is more like that. But obviously in London, I think everyone just wants to go the fuck home. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know it sounds really bad. No, absolutely. Like just go home and it. just relax and just fuck off basically. But that being said, is there any other like standout episodes for you? Because there's some episodes that are going in my mind like the episode where they get lost in the mountains and, and that that was one or or the like disneyland episode and stuff like that but they didn't really stand out as much to me if that makes sense i loved episode six okay. where Takio just just keeps talking about how like he just wants to you know cuddle and hold hands so bad but he's like at the same time he's he's kind of afraid not from like a rejection standpoint but because of the fact that he views Rinko as being so that's the word I want to look here I don't want to say soft but you know I guess that would be good. he just he's afraid of like doing something wrong you know hurting her and things mm-hmm. like that so which which I totally get that too so like because I'm you know kind of a, a big boy myself like you know I know you've talked about relating a lot to Takio but I kind of do too because I was always one of the you know uh, bigger you know people like in, in high school and things like that and uh, you know any of the girls I was interested in were quite smaller than me mm. um, and I still remember like my date that I took to homecoming like dancing with her and I kept feeling like I was gonna crush her in my arms like when we were slow dancing and stuff like that so I, I totally understand that as well I, I just want to know what were your thoughts because there's the one comedic moment I can't remember which episode it was in but it was when Takeo was practicing to kiss oh my god god dude i i think i messaged you about that and i said dude i am losing it right now this is the greatest thing ever like oh the whole cellophane thing and the it like i was like is is he gonna like i don't want to i don't want to say the word but i was like is he forcing himself on him and he like he literally does and like suda's just sitting there like trying to fight it with all of his might but he's also kind of like blushing about it too i'm trying to think right was that technically suna's first kiss was yes okay yes with takio and like and i i love like takio was like he's like well you know it's mine too but it doesn't count because we're using plastic (laughs) i mean that was quite funny actually um but at the same time i think was it later on in the episode where if i'm not mistaken takio was like sleeping or something and then rinko actually goes in for the kiss i think from yes yes no you're absolutely right and i think she uh, doesn't she like i can't remember if she fully kisses him yeah i think she does and like, and he doesn't even realize it because, like, uh, I remember it's in a. I don't know if it's the same episode or a later episode where when they they do kiss and everything, and he's like, "Oh, finally, my first kiss with you." And she's like, "Well, first kiss for you." And he's like, "Wait, what?" I think that was episode eighteen. He he got his technically his first kiss on. Yeah, uh, I don't know who's but like she was. had already done it, and I think she even says that she had done it like a bunch of times. Like I think like she said something like it was like her like twentieth kiss with them or something like that. He just didn't know it because <laughs> she would do it when he was like asleep or yeah, something. Yeah, which is kind of creepy when you think about it. Like that seems it is, but it's also freaking adorable. No, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if it's adorable. I I would say it's a bit 
I think okay, it's the first time, okay. But then, like, 20 times? Dude, like, that's fucked up. Don't do that while I'm asleep. I, I, I didn't write it in my notes or anything, but I could have swore she even says, like, there was times where she was hoping he would wake up. Yes, that is mentioned, yeah. I'm pretty sure she says that. Like a Sleeping Beauty type situation, which I think that that's quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, other than that, there's not really many standout episodes for me uh, in the show. I would say the first couple of episodes, maybe, like, the first 10 episodes were were like really strong and then it kind of just felt like filler to me i was thinking the same thing however i will say even though a lot of it just was filler and side stories and stuff like that i still really enjoyed it so i do want to bring up another episode specifically just because i remember of it being like just really funny to me even though it's kind of more of a, a I don't want to say a dry humor, but it's not, you know, a laugh out of a funny type moment. But the, uh, I think it's episode 12, where um, Takio is like, you know, I really want to study to get into university. I want to go to the same university Rinko goes to. She mentions where she wants to go to school. So, like, he's trying so hard. He's not a bad student, but he's not a great student. And, like, Suna even tells him, well, you know, in order to get into school, you've got to get, like, such and such scores, such and such grades. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, like, everyone's helping him study you know and like uh, not everyone but because um, he's trying to keep it a secret from Rinko but she does know that he's studying and like he does take you know try to take the exam however like he, do he does okay but he still doesn't do well enough to get in and he's like rejected but then soon it's like well I mean it's okay but it makes sense for you to be rejected and Taki's like what? why and he's like well because it's an all-girls school <laughs> he's like what you knew it this whole time he's like yeah but I wanted you to study <laughs> so I thought that, that was, was quite really, that was quite funny. really cool yeah and, and, but it's also even though yeah even though he tricked Takio it was his also roundabout way to help him and get him to study and to improve his grades. Uh, because even though, like I said, he wasn't a horrible student, he wasn't great either. So I thought that was really cool. For me, it kind of goes into my whole character segment for this episode because I kind of noticed that with um, Suna a lot. And that's really what I want to talk about, mainly the, the, the main three characters, particularly Suna. What I enjoy about him is that he's just a real guy. You know, he's a true friend. There's no BS. I also love the wisdom that he brings and his cool nature and one thing that comes to mind is during the episode especially episode four where they go on the group date he just he says this wonderful line of wisdom that i think everyone listening should take this into consideration and he says just because someone is friends with a nice person doesn't mean that they're nice too sometimes they're friends because yes. a person is nice enough to have and he comes up with a lot of lines like this and good advice and even as you mentioned the whole tricking him to study he's not tricking him for the sake of being a dick he's doing it to help his friend improve because he knows Takeo obviously he's not the best student but he has some form of potential right he wants to get the mm -hmm. most out of him he wants his friends to better themselves and he grounds Takeo in a sense right he he allows him to experience reality and it reminds me of a friend of mine uh, you guys might know him. His name is Jacob, uh, also on the podcast, because I'm going to be mentioning it, right? I'm pretty much like Takeo-kun, it, and it's a bit odd for me to say this, but with Suna, it's like the way he mentioned about all of these girls that don't that don't like him and just like being rude behind his back. It's, it's as if he's saying to him that, dude, don't fall in love with like any random girl you see. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's prob no. probably because Takeo as a character is, and I'm going to get it into it a little bit with Takeo, but he's just 
just trying to make it known up front that dude you need to be careful uh, you shouldn't really be someone that trusts everyone because you're gonna get yourself hurt and he's doing it to protect his friend but some people might see that as quite harsh and quite like kind of cool demeanor and quite cold but mm -hmm. i see it as him just trying to protect his friend. I don't want this just to, you know, be, be the Suna show, but I really do feel like the series itself is just as much about him as it is Takio. Oh, you know, obviously, like, you know, Takio is like the, the guy of the show, but it's like when they even show like flashbacks of them being younger and uh, that um, like Suna basically will sometimes ask, like, ask Takio, like, why are you doing this? Like, the different things that he does and how he interacts with people and, like, even people that are mean to him, how he'll still be kind to him. He's like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? But he's not doing it in a dickish form. He just generally wants to know, you know, he, he's interested in what his friend is doing and to seeing if, like, if there's anything that he can, you know, partake from his end, things like that. And it really helps him to learn about Takio as a character as well and that's i think that's probably why they're such great friends because suna is taking that opportunity especially when he's younger to learn more about him and you kind of see this in the flashbacks between you know like after the end credits there's a uh, tends to be like an, an end episode segment and it's usually like flashbacks from their past which i didn't notice this in in my first watch but i noticed it in the kunai rewatch is that he's always asking him questions as you say right and yep he's curious but it's because you know when you see suno recalling those and laughing about it it's because he's learning about takeo and how he is interesting as a person right he's not questioning him like like i'll give an example like there is you know a, a girl that i I was seen when I was like 2021 20, and I literally have friends be like man why are you with her like that kind of thing like they just didn't like me being with her at all but it wasn't that type of thing with Suna he was asking like why because he just wanted more information he wanted to know like how he was as a person exactly and I think that once again that really helps him grow as a character but it also helps him to understand Takeo and his likes and dislikes the fact that he knows Takeo inside out because the way I remember he was like when he was like oh i know you like cute girls and he just he just figured him out like <laughs> i found it quite funny actually that he just knows his friends so well probably even more than takio knows himself if that makes sense which was quite interesting no absolutely he he 100 does too i fully understand like even like like it's it's funny though too kind of going on a little side tangent here about his mom like his mom even knows more about him than he does and that's why she gets even so surprised that like he even gets a girlfriend yeah yeah definitely um what, what are your thoughts on uh Tsuna as a character because i'm guessing you have more expansive thoughts on him i mean i'm just gonna straight up be like i've got a, i've got a boy crush on oh, okay him. i think so as well i i agree with you He's just such a great character. I don't see why anyone would. He is. He's such like a bro. And like I said, I like the fact that he himself is a good person, but he's, um, what's the word? I don't want to, I guess maybe demure. Okay. Like reserved, very calm. He's like the other side of the coin from Takio. He's a good person, but not the boisterous good person. The person that would more or less like to work, you know, from the background, not be noticed, but still be doing good things going on to that though speaking of Suna well I just want to talk about his best friend Takayo-kun because as you know I really want to kind of get into the um uh, 
uh, <clears throat> I want to get into the the character of Takeo. And I, for me, he's a very interesting character. And, and if you ever want to know, fun fact, if you ever want to know what I look like, I mean, you can check out my Instagram at Get Life Podcast, but you can also just take a picture of Takeo and I pretty much look like him. I like to say that I'm his uh, real life doppelganger. Uh, I'm tall, I'm built, I am quite strong. And also at times I can be a bit dense. Yes, this is true. Yes. Uh, but do you think that uh, you could hold up an Ivy? I, you know what? I mean, probably not now because I haven't been working out. No. But, but, but. <laughs> But I used to carry cement bags that were like 20 kilos each. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe 40 kilos I could lift. I, I don't know if that's a good thing, if it's a bad thing. I mean, back in the day when I used to work out, I used to, I used to oh, yeah. lift a bit. Say, say they like when I, was, when I was in high school and playing sports and like working out and things like that. Um, I used to go on like these, uh, these these church trips where it was kind of, it was, I, I can't remember the exact name of the thing now. It's been so long, but it's basically kind of like a habit for humanity where we would go and like help work on you know impoverished people's houses like you know paint them put up new walls if they needed it do roofing things like that because i was always one of the bigger guys i would always be one of the people that to carry the shingles up and down ladders onto the roof and if you know about shingles you know how heavy they are but you, you didn't carry uh eye beams or anything like that no, no, not Ivy. <laughs> I don't think anyone is capable. Like, that must have weighed a ton. That that fell from a building site. It's just so unrealistic, but I, I'm guessing it's done for Yeah, it was so surreal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm guessing it's done to show how powerful Takeo-kun is. But it's not just that. I mean, that's not just the reason I relate to Takeo as a character. Takeo has a kind heart. He's always seeking to do the right and honest thing. And to be honest with you, he's truly a gentleman. Like, I know Takeo talks about 100%. what it means to be a man. You know, there's, it's so weird because I remember the panel that Nate was talking about. Um, he was talking about, like, positive ma- masculinity in anime and stuff like that. And for me, I, I think Takeo is a great role model of that, in my personal opinion. But it's unfortunate that Takeo, people People see his appearance, they get incredibly intimidated. For example, in episode 4, Yamato's friends mistook him for a bear, they were joking of course, but they didn't expect Yamato to be with a guy like him, you know, someone that's like maybe three times her height or whatnot, and huge, right? And they judged him until, you know, he saves them from the burning building, and it goes to show you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and it kind of reminds me of a funny story that I kind of went through. When I was working in retail, I was serving this a uh, Japanese mom and her kid, maybe her kid was like maybe three or four years old and he was in the stroller and I was showing the mom where, I can't remember, she was looking for something and I was showing her and the kid was really scared. Like he looked at me and I'm, I'm guessing you've never seen someone my height before because I'm like six foot maybe one or six foot two. The kid has never seen someone that huge before and he was like, mom, mom, it's, it's an ogre, it's an ogre. He, he was genuinely like and, and the mom was like Shh, don't say that you're being rude like do you know what I mean like she was shushing him and I found it was hilarious I mean I could understand what they're saying a little bit but I just found it hilarious because it reminded me of that whole Takio thing where they're like oh this is he is he a kuma like is he a bear do you know what I mean I kind of it rem- it reminded me of that it's interesting as well that Takio has a type when it comes to women like like I mentioned it's mentioned early on that you know he likes cute women but he also quote unquote 
seems to fall in love instantly. You know, any girl that talks to him, he's he's in love, right? It, it's funny how we keep talking about this, and it's like, other than being like ridiculously strong, you know, I relate so much to Takio too, because just like you, you know, and if we're talking, you know, here in imperial measurements, I am six foot one. I'm just under six two, actually. You know, and always been a bigger guy. And like when I first came here to to Japan, it was the exact same thing. Like I would have kids sometimes that would see me and they would like duck behind their mother or their father or whatever because they had never you know seen someone like like me um so it, and then also when it comes to being like uh, uh, attracted to, to girls and things like that i'm the, the exact same way as Takio. you know many of the same experiences too i i agree with you because i was about to say the same thing because i am kind of like that but it's, it's also interesting because, like I mentioned, he quote-unquote falls in love easily and he romanticizes scenarios, right? He has a very vivid imagination when it comes to his relationships. Possibly might be because of the previous confessions and rejections he's endured. And I do agree that yes, Yamato is clearly a great person for Takeo. But it begs the question, this is something I really want to bring up, would Takeo still be the same person, for example, if he ended up with the wrong person? Maybe one of those girls that were kind of toxic or talking talking shit about him behind his back and to answer that question on my end i think yes because there are times in which takio is dense but there's also times in which he's acting a little bit dense so i don't think i think he is probably aware of that but at the same time he's possibly landing himself in a one-sided relationship if he if he decides to do that maybe because he doesn't want to get himself hurt if that makes sense he'd rather live in a lie and live in a one-sided relationship than getting himself hurt because he is strong on the outside but i feel as though he's incredibly fragile on the inside also he's quite new to relationships as well so that's probably explains a little bit and i relate to that a lot because on the same level i'm like that you know i'm a big guy i'm a little bit fragile and i'm also very inexperienced when it comes to these matters right especially love and much like takio i have very similar insecurities right and what i think is the difference between me and takio kun is and this is one of the reasons why i love takio so much is firstly takio despite his flaws and his insecurity he never gives up he never gives up and he puts himself out there knowing most likely that he'll get a, re a rejection at any time and secondly takio is just unapologetically takio you know he speaks his mind he doesn't change himself or his actions for anyone not even yamato not even for suna and i think it's a testament to their relationship as friends with suna and also the the romantic relationship that he has with yamato and their love for one another because they love each other for who they are shortcomings and all and just a little bit of uh, backstory behind this i'm only mentioning this because in preparation for this episode i decided you know i'm gonna try and meet new people i'm gonna start online dating and all this kind of stuff because i know obviously where the fuck am i gonna meet people nowadays it's, it's very difficult to do so it's clear that first of all people don't want weebs if you mention that you're a weeb or you watch anime people do not talk to you they don't want to talk to you so that's kind of talking about the judging a book by its cover initially that's one of them and at the same time it's obviously my appearance and my you know my physical appearance at least can be a bit intimidating for people which I, I find a bit odd but the reason why I'm bringing it up is that I mentioned Takio doesn't change for people right and I don't want to say this he is who he is he is who he is and I think that's an advice for all of us I don't think we should change ourselves for the sake of others and I think that's obviously a very important point it's something that we also mentioned in Oremo as well but I think it's more prevalent in this anime specifically because obviously we're talking about romance and, and dating and all that kind of stuff so it's a bit 
bit of an advice for for those people out there. That's pretty much all I want to say about Takio. But what are your opinions on Takio? Well, well, for, first I need to answer your your initial question was, do I think Takio would would change if he was with like someone who was like toxic, like he was. A, well, I don't even want to say toxic, but someone that just wasn't the right match for him. That's actually a very difficult question to answer because as a person, I don't think. He would change kind of like how you was like even if he was in in pain I think that he would just kind of go through it but at the same time I think he would at least speak up to his significant other but I think he would uh, god I don't want to talk bad about him but like I said because like we both can relate to him so much I think that his whole thing about just wanting to be in a relationship period would make him just try to stick in that relationship and you know keep trying to make things work even when they clearly you know shouldn't be together so like i said i think it's a it's both a yes and a no answer i think like, I, I don't think he would change but i think at the same time he would constantly be you know i don't want to say second guessing but be questioning being with that person but anyway uh as for takio kun himself like what what is it really not to like about this dude other than just you know him being dense and you having to like literally hit him over the head with a hammer to get him to like understand something you know it's funny because he's so confident in some regards but then completely insecure in others like he just you know takes him forever to even realize when someone does like him and it's like the whole thing with Suna's sister liking him so much but he just straight up never picks up on it and then he's like wait a minute your sister like me like all this time and I never knew but yeah I mean it's not really a lot to say you know in in my opinion that we haven't kind of already touched on you haven't brought up he's just a generally good person and i'll say really like if you really want to know who takio is a person i would say not even anything between him and soon or him and rinko but see how he uh handles uh like seeing his baby sister for the first time and like, instantly falls in love with her or like another good example would be with him and um, give me an indicator probably about uh, Saijo, Saijo, the the little like arc they have with the other girl that ends up getting a crush on Takio and how he treats her and he's like you know he's like I, I want to be friends with her but I also don't want to hurt her you know he's like because I'm in love with Rico you know just the way that he handles anybody in his life I think is all you need to know about Takio. We've gone through two of the three main cast of characters in the show I want to pass it on to you I don't want to give my opinion first I want to have your opinion on Yamato-kun aka Rinko I like her. I like her a lot. She's adorable. Um, I really liked her voice and voice actress. So I know I can't remember what else I've heard her in, but it's, I know it's Megami Han. I'm trying to remember what else she's done. And I, I know she's actually done a lot of like male characters, but like I really like how she. It's so funny because, like I said, I keep wanting to go back to episode two where you just hear her little sweet demure voice, but then she's like, "I'm strong too," and then like she actually brings that up in other episodes episodes too where like she's with Takio Kun and like they're doing things and he kind of like has that kind of protective mentality towards uh, Rinko but then she keeps bringing up she's like I'm strong too you don't know how strong that I am and the fact that like she really does give it her all even if it's not the best and it's like she but at the same time she also does have those kind of self-confidence issues and like she even like when she's trying to get interest in Takio how she she thinks like the only way that she can really express herself to him is by 
baking him little cooked goods all the time instead of just sitting and talking with him and just being herself so again it's kind of like a growth story for her too in this situation and how like as the show progresses how not just talking with the other people around her she kind of opens herself up to them and lets them pull more of herself out and like even with her girlfriends and things like that she's like well you know there's this group of guys that i know that are you know friends with takio i can you know arrange a meeting like she just wants other people to be happy and things like that too so they're all just good good people i will say that i would have liked to have seen a little more overall character development from rinko because the rinko that you meet from the first time to the rinko that you know is in the final episode is almost the same other than her putting herself out there more like i said there is some character growth there but i just would have liked to see more yeah i agree with you and especially the fact that there is like 24 episodes in, within this show to me and this sounds really bad but she just seems more of a supporting cast if that makes sense i know she is one of the main characters but she just doesn't get that much character development and it upsets me a little bit i don't mean this in like a completely demeaning way because she's you know she's more of, more of a character than this is but she's the MacGuffin of the series yeah do you know what that means no I don't get to explain so a, a MacGuffin is something that they put in stories movies television shows that you know everyone's trying to get like probably like a really good example that most people will know is the Tesseract from you know the first Avengers movie okay so like a DSX that's a MacGuffin a DSX marking or not well in the, I say the Tesseract was also in the first Captain America movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's that that one thing that that you know that the main characters are trying to go for. So like Takio is trying to go for a girl. He meets you know Rinko, and then he's going for her and trying to develop a relationship with her. Yeah. So she's his MacGuffin. No, I, I completely see what you mean. Like I mean, without her, there would technically be no show because obviously it's quite... there would be no yeah. Well, you say, and she's the one that connects the character. I would say just kind of going on a little side tangent here like without her though i don't think we would have the show either because of the fact that like, like how even though they don't devote a whole lot of time to it how they bring in their different relative groups of friends and then they become friends and some of them even start dating i really enjoyed that about the show i really enjoyed how it wasn't only about takio and wrinkle I like how they developed a couple other relationships and crushes and things like that along the way. And basically how it kind of touched on the whole idea of young love and how young love is stupid at times and how people act and how ridiculous it can be. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, that's, that's sort of sort of exemplified through her character. For me, though, I, I just, I like how Takio is like, Yamato, you know, I love that sort of energy that he brings when he sees Yamato. And, and there's certain cute moments with her, but I feel as though sometimes she's just there to, to be cute. And it's unfortunate. It's not like she's a wallflower, but it's like, like you said, how like, you know, Takio keeps saying those things. And like, he's just so enamored with her. That's one thing I kept kind of feeling through majority of the series is that like is she just this like object to him and i don't mean that as in like a derogatory like sexual kind of way but it's like he had this whole strong idea this romanticized idea of being in a relationship being in love that i worried what it is but luckily it ends up not being that like you know as as a series does and they truly do love each other which I thought, I thought was great but there's a lot of times where i was second guessing and i'm like and i kept wondering like what would happen if there would be a wedge divided in here like the whole like thing with um like i said earlier with 
um, Saijo even confessing, I'm like, would he even, you know, go with the idea? I'm like, wait, there's other girls out there, but it's like, but, and then he is so in love with her, but it's a true and genuine love. See, now that, that's the thing that I think would have made more sense, and I, look, you mentioned that, that wedge between them. I would also like to have seen that, because it would bring the show and make it more of a, a drama that's actually believable, right? There's so many instances in this show where it's like, am I really supposed to fucking believe Believe that an iron beam fell down from a building site or a building went on fire and, and you know Takeo went in and saved them but I could believe the wedge thing I could believe the whole idea of temptation right and it also reminds me going back to the whole like you know pseudo Disney World episode where I can't remember the guy's name but the guy from the university with, um, with Suna's sister and like he kept finding ways to try to split them up and keep them apart but the whole time like Takeo was oblivious to everything everything that was going on and like just trying to you know be the good person that he was meanwhile you had Rinko she's like I just want to like get back with uh, Takeo-kun where is he and, and that's the thing like I would have liked to have seen uh, Suna's sister actually try and make an actual move on Takeo do you know what I'm saying right I want to see more drama in the show yeah and it's it's really bad to kind of say that too because like all these like you know main and semi-main side characters they're all generally good people and that's one of my gripes with the show it's kind of hard to believe that there were really this many good people and it's like even there's a couple characters that start off like kind of bitchy and annoying but then they because of being surrounded by good people they kind of become good people themselves and it's weird because it kind of contradicts what Suna says at the beginning about not all friends of good people are good people if that makes sense but then right. they end up becoming good right. people anyway and just like what the fuck like right. why would you mention it in the show if it's not actually gonna happen so like you said there's a few you know a few little breaks yeah. like that here and there um, they're not deal breakers don't get me wrong it's just I've noticed right, it and it kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth no, absolutely. Like I said, like I said, it just kept sitting in the back of my head the whole time, even as much as I was enjoying it. It's like, yes, this is an anime, and you know, anime is fake. But at the same time, I kept having things like, this wouldn't really happen. Yep. People aren't like this. But then at the same time, I think, like I said, going back to what I said earlier, they kind of nailed some of the absurdity and stupidity of teenage love and romance, too, in ways. I mean, I wouldn't know because I've never experienced it, so. Even though she came in, like, super, super, super late into the series, can I just say that I also loved Yukika? Who's that again? Uh, I can't remember, like, uh, you know, what they actually called her, if they... Said her, they called her by Yukika or uh, uh, Amami, but she was like the, the little gray haired girl with glasses that ends up liking Suna and like kind of like stalking him. She didn't get much airtime, did she? I can't, I genuinely can't remember. No, she was, she came in at the, ver the, the very end uh, and it was only, like you said, in a few episodes, but by the end of the series, like, like, uh, she, like, and Suna, like, even does go out with her, but then, like, kind of sort of rejects her and like um you know he's like I, I like you but just not in that way and she's like well she literally asks me she's like is it okay if we stay friends and i still kind of stalk you like she literally like kind of says that and he's like yeah whatever <laughs> and like it's even in the, the end credit animation i think it still shows her there and like stalking them I, I think it's in like the very last episode which i thought was funny as hell but i just really liked her i thought like it, it's going back to the whole like takio you know liking cute girls it's kind of like me i like kind of like cute kind of shy girls 
thinking of talking about another series here, like I really like you know, Sumi from Domestic Girlfriend. Uh, let's not let's not talk about fucking d- Domestic Girlfriend. That piece of shit anime. Fuck that. Right. So I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I just fucking hate Domestic Girlfriend. Yeah, that, I I don't hate the show, but at the same time, it's like, eh. dude, I don't want to get into it. I, part of me wants to do an episode for it on Kunai, just to shit Wait, on so it. That's another episode. If, if Tyson is listening, Tyson, we are. I'm I'm calling you out right now. I want to invite you on a Kunai episode so we can talk about Domestic Girlfriend dude, and have an argument. I'm just gonna. Fl- I'm just gonna flat out say it. like yes I watched you know the anime and I've read a little bit of the manga just to see where things go and happen and stuff like that and it's like while I do enjoy it it's like I enjoy it because it's kind of a train yeah, wreck it's because, so fucked I'm sorry up. but the, 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 the writing is so bad the writing okay, is let's, so let's, bad let's forget but, about Domestic Girlfriend for the moment but you know what it's good that we mentioned it but let's let's forget about Domestic Girlfriend the thing I want to mention is the art style and direction in the show obviously it's quite cute it's so cute that i want to die like it gives me off the typical shoujo manga vibe you know which i love like stuff from like shoujo beat and stuff like that they're very soft colors but bright cutaway gags which sort of makes you feel that love is in the air right and i enjoyed the cutaway gags themselves they were quite funny especially those animation bits like when takio is screaming and then there's a little takio coming out of his mouth stuff like that and him reacting to the food at least earlier on just in general they're nothing short of fantastic however at times this is another gripe that i have with the show i was pretty disappointed with the level of detail put into other characters whether it's the lack of detail when the main cast aren't on the focus you know there's some a little bit of dodgy frames in the animation right you might have seen them but also at the same time you notice this more so with female characters is that they all fucking look the same if you shave their heads they do have a very similar they, look the only yeah. one that looks i wouldn't say i wouldn't say dude, completely but they have very similar they look looks. exactly the fucking same not yukika all looks exactly no, yukika looks exactly like yamato you shave their heads took away the glasses they look exactly the same. The only one that I... I I'm going to semi-degree and semi-disagree. Semi I'm 50-50 I, I, I'm, I'm on this. The only character you, that I think is, like, looks different is Suna's sister, and that's it. I was going to say, you know, her, but... Yeah. The, I mean, the rest of them look exactly the same, dude. I'm sorry to say this, but they just look the same. I think I think Saijo looked. I think Saijo looked different. slightly different. Slightly different, but they all look the same. All the all the girls in this. But at the same the thing. Same. But the same thing. I mean, the, the the thing to go with that is that I think that you know, not not just not animation mistake wise, but just overall design wise, though. Like I was really interested to see how this series compared to the manga, and it's like exact. Oh yeah, yeah. Like. That's the, the art style in the anime compared to the manga is like exact like whereas like you know on the, the last episode that we recorded talking about new game like while i love the new game animation and the art style it is different than the manga just very slightly very slight differences but it is different but i also think that's because with new game there's a lot of sort of bright popping colors and the animation looks very like it's it's noticeable with this you can notice that everything looks quite flat do you see what i'm saying so i think yeah, it's a well, lot easier to get into the manga like it's very easy to transition from manga to anime if the animation style is quite flat if that makes sense it's it's a completely different studio that did it but the whole time that i watched this show it gave me uh 3d kano joe vibes if you've ever seen that anime or it's called real girl it's it's what it it gave me vibes like that or there's like a more recent series where uh i can't remember the name 
but it's like, oh god, like love is science, science and love, something like that. Where they say it's these two scientists that like have never been in love, and they're like, well, why don't we try doing like love type stuff together? Yeah. And it reminds me of that too. I, I see what you mean, definitely. But that's really what I have to say on that. I didn't have much else to say on the art style. If there's anything else, feel free to say. But I would say I like I I straight up really enjoyed this art style. I think it's you know like it's one thing that a lot of people give you know Madhouse both props and grief because like they'll have some shows are just animated brilliantly, and then they'll have others that you can tell they got lazy with. Like for instance, like, as much as I like Overlord. You know, after season one, they got kind of lazy with Overlord. But at the same time, Overlord, I think, is so good that I kind of forgive the, some of the animation things that they did. And also, sometimes it kind of fit. Whereas, like, then you watch, like, the first season of One Punch Man and how that, like, blows people's minds. You know what I mean? But then you watch this and, like, there's really not much that, like, it's kind of really difficult with a show like this to have, like, mind-blowing animation. But I really respect it that and you know as an afterthought when I looked at the manga to see how true to the manga they tried to keep everything like even little things like uh, when when they first meet Rinko and she's like doing her little quick you know run jog away and she falls down I thought that was adorable and even though the animation is just kind of slightly off like you know when you look at her compared to, to the floor in the background I was like oh that's cute as hell and like I totally forgave that little little slight you know discrepancy. I just kind of want to round off this discussion on uh, the audio visual components with the music. To be honest with you, the anime OST like the music is quite nice, but it's not something that I would kind of listen to on my daily basis, right? Very subtle. It is, but it worked, right? It's not like oh it's shit. Do you know what I mean? Because it's weird. Because I I keep on saying this like you'd notice music if it's good. Like sometimes you you really notice good music, but at the same time time if music is like mediocre you didn't necessarily notice it unless it's like shit if that makes sense right right so it's, it's there it's up there but one of my favorite things about this show and i think one of the, the main reasons to kind of get started with the show is the opening and the ending and i know that sounds a bit odd because usually on kunai we don't talk about that but the uh, the show's OP and ending are absolute fucking bangers, right? I remember when watching the show originally, I never skipped the opening sequence because the animation is nothing short of beautiful and that music. I listen to it when I want to feel hyped. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, when I want to work or like or, or edit or something, I listen to this song and I channel my inner Takeo, right? <laughs> if that makes sense. When I was watching this, you know, for us to do this episode, like a couple episodes and i want to say around like episode four or something like that i even put out a little tweet saying that if you ever skip the op or ed to my love story you're doing self a disservice exactly dude the, the energy behind the op it, it does a good job of actually getting you hyped up for the coming episode and i never really noticed the ending until watching it for kunai because usually what i do is i'll skip endings when watching simulcast and stuff uh, which is kind of shit to be honest i'm trying to change that but i do remember back then I never paid attention to the ending but wow this is fucking fantastic and to be honest with you possibly the best ending for a romance anime ever you know the animation is just it's really good 
Oh, I was gonna say, and, and not only is it the music, but the visuals that go That's along with it—they're just so good. The visuals are so that in good. sync with the animation, and you know the hair flips that happen. It goes in just as the swe- the swelling of the song happens, and stuff like that. That just really hard. Oh, the emotion in the main singer's voice during the chorus made me fucking cry when I heard it. And the, the ending does a great job of creating an atmosphere perfect for reflection. You know, there's a lot that happens in these episodes, and you, you don't really get the chance to reflect between episodes and especially when you're watching it simulcasted you're reflecting on the events that transpired that a week allowing the thoughts of the show to linger in your head until the next episode airs the week later so well done i i wish all endings were as well thought out as this and really it serves the purpose of an ending right this is a bit odd as well because i actually like this song and i actually listen to it on a i don't want to say on a daily basis but i feel the song like sometimes right and i'm like you know what i'm feeling the mood for this song and it rarely happens with anime endings right where actually i'll go on spotify or i'll go on youtube and i'll start just listening to it on repeat and this is one of them and i think everyone should give it give it a listen it's really good going back to what i said earlier if you skip either one i think you're really doing a disservice because they just they tie into the show itself and like it's it's funny too because from the first episode well i'd say more so from the second episode you know to the end how you can watch the visuals in both the op and ed and how you can tie it into what happens throughout the series you know what i mean well exactly because even in the opening the the opening sequence changes throughout the season which it's not something that you necessarily notice straight away but you'll see it on the cake for example at the beginning it's takeo and then you know at one point it's takeo and suna it, it changes throughout the show which is it kind of reminds me how they how they made those just subtle slight changes with like plastic memories yeah. too. Oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, definitely. Finally, to end this episode, because I think we've already discussed our gripes and grumbles as we went through. Do you want to see a second season? Personally, for me, I don't think we need a second season. Uh, because of the gripes and grumbles I mentioned, I think the show is not necessarily not well paced, but there's just so much fillers. I think that this show could basically have been just 12 episodes. Like they could have condensed a lot of it into 12 episodes and I would have been, I would have been happy with that i just feel like there's a lot of filler and it kind of dragged out a little bit too long i'm not saying i didn't enjoy it i I thoroughly enjoyed every episode but yeah i don't want to see a second season if it's going to be more of that and i and if the show doesn't continue with like dramatic elements like i want to see them in college and i want to see them potentially going to different colleges and then you know maybe something dramatic arises right where some girl is hitting on takeo you know what i'm saying like that's if there's going to be a second season like that fuck it i would want to see that shit but i know it's not going to be like that so i don't want to see a second season Uh, it's one of those things where if they made a second season of course i would watch yeah but i think where the show ends it ends at a really good point it gives you enough of a conclusion that you kind of can see you know how things are going to go you can kind of formulate your own thing about how they're going to have the whole little happily ever after type of thing now i will say what i would like to see them do is maybe do an epilogue kind of thing where 
it shows them later in life, you know, you know, where they ended up, you know, with their kids, things like that type of stuff. I would love to see something like that, like maybe like a, a one-off, like, you know, 45-minute episode type of thing. Or like an OVA but or a other, Yeah, yeah, something like that I think would be, you know, really neat to see because I do want to know about these characters. Like, I ended up enjoying them so much as much as we talked about, like, the main characters. But at the same time, you know, that never happened. I would be totally satisfied with how the show ends, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's kind of like, even though, you know, most likely never see the characters again, I'm still cheering them on. Like, I really enjoyed them all very... It's a good way of putting it. Who would you recommend this to? I mean, I, I'd recommend it to rom-com fans, and that would be about it. Or if, like, someone, you know, came to me and was like, hey, you know, Will, we know that you like rom-com shows, you know? What's what's a what's a, a good one that I can get into? But it's like let's say, but it would have to be under special credentials. Like they tell me, like I want something a little bit longer, or you know, I want something that you know maybe I can relate to if I think they could relate to some of the characters in there, things like that. So it'd be it's still kind of niche in those regards because obviously if someone just comes to me and says I want to watch a really good rom com, what should I watch? Toradora. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. It. Yeah, it's true. At the same time, like if there's certain criteria that people are looking for, I would gladly recommend this. Or like, let's say someone says they're looking for several recommendations or they're trying to get into anime, you know, and they don't know what they should watch. And let's say I had to pick like, you know, 20 mixed mash shows of different genres. This one I might throw on that list. But like I said, I wouldn't recommend it to just everybody just because of the fact I do feel like the premise is kind of niche. Or like, let's say if I know someone is going through a similar life experience and they need to kind of pick-me-up anime, I would definitely recommend this. Okay. And I agree with you on the pick-me-up, but I, it's weird because I was having a discussion yesterday with a friend of mine, actually. His name is Adam. He's not an anime fan. I was just like, look, we're doing an episode of Kunai and it kind of touches on this idea of relationships and things like that. I, I said to him, I said, look, I know you don't like anime, but I think you and your wife would enjoy watching this. And to me, it feels like it is a perfect show for like couples to just watch. Do you know what I mean? Like just a cutesy show that couples can relax with and just chill out. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not something that you need to have full focus on, but it's just something you can watch and just feel good about yourself. And kind of like going along with that, uh, you know, going back to another thing I like about the show, I like how it shows things from the perspective of boys and girls, yep. how boys perceive things versus girls. Now, granted, these are teenagers, so it doesn't apply in all cases, but it's just nice that they show that flip side of each kind of, you know, situation. And I think that's that just it, it adds to the reason why the show is is so great for newcomers because you get to see so many different perspectives. You set, get to see so many different types of characters, but then also you, you're grounded in reality because well, once again, because of Suna, right? And the characters are just so relatable. So I think if you're new to anime, maybe not necessarily watch this, but if you're someone that's like, oh, fuck anime, this and that, because I know there's a lot of people out there that think anime is all nasty and shit, but this is just a cute wholesome feel-good show that you can't really necessarily shit on right so or like it's 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 also a good show that like let's say someone's like i want to watch something but i have no idea what i want to watch yeah. it could fall into that category Definitely. you know like we'll give this a try you know because let's say it's someone that's also trying to break out of their comfort zone and they're like trying to expand you know their anime it's like well it's like you know i've been watching you know all these you know battle shonen anime i've been watching all these fantasy anime it's like you know it's like but i caught this 
one show and I really like, what's something similar to that? Like, let's say if it's a similar show, you know what I mean? Definitely. So, like I said, there's there's definite situations to to situations. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a good place to end the episode. Thank you, Will, for coming on. Oh, it was a pleasure. Hopefully, we're going to have Will on in the future. We mentioned School Rumble. I still want to do School Rumble, but it's we're probably going to have to figure out how we're going to do that. Our next episode of Kunai, before I'm, I announce it, I just want to thank our sponsors, Japan Crate and Crunchyroll. Also, thanks to the people that have graciously subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, obviously, thank you for doing that. It really does help the show out. The next episode of Kunai, you can actually see it on our... There will be a pinned tweet. If you go to our Twitter page, at Get Life Podcast, there is a pinned tweet by the time this episode goes out that will tell you our episode schedule. So you'll be able to see what it is. But from what I remember, the next episode of Kunai is with Kevin. We're going to be doing... Fuck, what is the name of that show? It's the one, the zombie, what? The zombie one. What is it called, Will? Zombie Land Saga. Land Saga. So good. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be I doing. still haven't had a chance to, uh, I still haven't had a chance to watch season two, but I love I didn't even know one. that there is a season two. So, uh. Yeah, it, it's, it's airing right now. Oh, it's okay. not over yet. Cool. Well, the thing is, right, I, I actually, we're doing that recording tomorrow with Kevin. So that's just, just going to be really cool. I'm glad to hear Kevin back to you. I always enjoy Kevin on the show because he's so like opposite of me. So it's always, you know, good to hear opposing points of view. You basically. know what? I would love to get you on an episode with Kevin, but we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. I just want to see how that works. I mean, it is, it might be a bit difficult because of all the time zones and stuff, because before it was just two time zones. Like we're working in the UK and, and in Canada or UK and US or UK and Japan, but UK, Canada and Japan, that's just it's gonna be a fucking mess but we'll try it out and see if you guys want to see that please tell us on our twitter on our discord but until next time bye bye later hey it's me bish from the future and you're wondering bish why are you talking into the microphone and what's going on here basically we did say zombieland saga was supposed to be the next episode i'm here to correct that it's actually gate that's going to be the next episode of kunai we had some scheduling issues unfortunately and obviously i went on hiatus so bish from the future here to tell you that the next episode of kunai is gate we will try our best to do a zombie land saga sometime soon on kunai and yeah bye stay sexy oh am i allowed to say stay sexy i don't think i am i didn't get joe's permission so this is an unauthorized stay sexy so Stay sexy.